welcome to the We're All Fucked podcast hosted by me, Derry Owen. And me, Dan's Grace. This is a podcast designed to try and take a light-hearted take on the ridiculousness of society as we know it and wonder how we all find a way to carry on, even though we know deep down we're all fucked. Each episode, we'll be looking at a particular topic, having a laugh and a cry along the way, dragging along a few guests with us for the ride. Remember to rate us and subscribe so you never miss our rounds. Hello, Dowie. Hit me Hello. with your rhythm stick. Hello, Daniel. How are you? In a very... Uh, Trying your, to get your, through. Yeah, your, your flat is... Uh, I can see the incest burning and your flat yeah. is lit like a, yeah. a prostitute's <laughs> bedroom. So, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it must be in a I'm great place. Gonna going to sell my wares tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the queue outside the window there waiting to get in. <laughs> oh, what a life. What a life. Mm. It's not going to get any better with this topic. I'm sorry, Dan. That's okay. The the incense, herbal tea, and subdued lighting will allow me to protect myself from the trauma that is whatever's about to face me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, so the topic we're going to dissect uh, this week is abuse. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> lovely lovely this is this is similar to abortion isn't it in terms of just like abortion you know, is a trailer for this yeah we know we know we're kind of you know rolling things out you know these are the final episodes of series three let's just pull out the stops and just go for the big guns <laughs> basically yeah let's go to the dungeons of our brain and unpack some shit <laughs> Oh god, there's definitely going to be some easily edit out moments of this one. <laughs> yeah, it might be a tough edit. Um, My edit, but, yay! <laughs> but, but, but I think the reason I wanted to discuss it was like the older I get, uh, I don't know if this is the way of putting it, but like the more nuanced uh, I've realised that abuse gets. Mm. and the level of it and the understanding around abuse and how I used to always think that abuse was like, you know, huge events uh, and things that would like trigger like major trauma. But obviously like the, the older I've gotten, the more I realise like abuse surrounds us every day. And th- there's an aspect of, of course, you know, yeah, we go looking for anything, you'll find it. But I, I suppose it can down to kind of like the normalization of it throughout society, really. Uh, and kind of like probably the journey I'm almost finding myself upon when, th- when I think like, you know, actually, like you've experienced some shit. <laughs> Not necessarily like, you know, like a life turning event, like I've been like, you know, raped, raped, bum raped, bum raped or something like that, or, uh, you know, the, the obvious stuff. Uh, which, of course, also might not be obvious uh, to the people who've, of course, experienced it. We need to say that. Uh, but but just, like, the effect on it and, like, uh, probably the kindness that one needs to show to oneself, um, uh, you know, yeah. about how we react to stuff based on it. So this this could mean anything from, and again, I'm, I'm not prefacing this to saying that this is me, but I just, th- I just feel like um, it can span from, are we touching this, but we obviously chatted a little bit before we, uh, we actually did the episode about like the parental aspect of it whereby mm. it was always kind of my thoughts that it was just like you know the the, the horrific parents 
uh, you know, that would were basically neglecting you, you know, like the full blown recognizable abuse, when actually, like the, most most of it, which a lot of us are subjected to, are, are these kind of like poor parental habits that people might get into, which actually form these deep rooted hidden uh, kind of patterns that you experience. And then it transcends into kind of your relationships that you might be getting into. Uh, and obviously that you're blinded by stuff for you just, you put a lot of things down towards that's just how they are without yeah. kind of realizing that, you know, that is an abusive pattern or it might become insidious and glow, grow like a cancer. You know, they do something and then you, you say, oh, I just I've let that one go. I don't want an argument. And then before you know it, it's manifested itself in kind of this like repeated behavior. Yeah. And also in work, you know, where we know there's a load of abuse that goes around with regards to kind of, you know, poor managerial stuff, the expectations around work, obviously things going on with your colleagues and stuff. So it's probably been kind of like a bit of a, a recent, like, Eureka in a moment <laughs> for me, really like, holy shit, it's just like, you know, all this is stuff is happening all around us, and you're just like, you're just like processing all, and it's have it will and it is having an influence on your behavior. And it's quite scary that fact about mm. like, how do you begin to unpack it? Or is this me being a bit too like, oh, come on, though, you know, this is just life, and you're just kind of like, the, the real important things is the, uh, the, the big traumatic events and if we, if we go looking for it uh you know everybody's going to find it but I, i'm just kind of on that journey and and it's I, just kind I, of like i think you... i mean i think i think that you know obviously when you kind of think of abuse it is going to be the big headline stuff and you know i don't think any of what you've said is seeking to kind of undermine or minimize the big headline stuff because those are you know, it, it's a bit like, you know, do you want to get shot with a shotgun or do you, do you want to get stabbed in the leg? Like, obviously, you're going to get picked to be stabbed in the, in the leg, but you're not really going to pick either of them, if you're being honest. Of course, um, yeah. Rather have a biscuit, please. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that there is a kind of, especially with, comes back to a kind of central theme of like, you know, consumer capitalism ruling how we relate to each other and how we relate to the world in this kind of constant rat race but it kind of influences or heavily influences i think how we relate to our children and how we relate to each other as we grow up and i think that it instills some really unhealthy um coping strategies and really unhealthy um relationship uh, models and we, we were i don't want to kind of dog you in it but your your issues with being able to switch off and have that downtime i think that and and those kind of those negative cycle of thoughts where you think well you know am i am i doing enough am i secure enough am i working hard enough and then feeding into well if i'm not working this hour is some other xyz competitor going to be working this hour in the same way that like probably olympic athletes do actually think that and probably in some cases that is legit like that's a thing because if you're competing at that high level of sport realistically every every day does count and if yeah, you're the 0.1 percent 
yeah yeah exactly exactly but i think like certainly in my career i I don't expect to be an olympic athlete or the equivalent but i don't think i want to dedicate that amount of my life to like work per se um i'm quite happy with having a balance to things and i don't think you you do either like you don't want to be the absolute best business that you could possibly run at the cost of the other things in your life you you want to have a great business you want it to be successful but you're also it's it's one of the things that you value in amongst the whole wide spectrum of things yeah 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 oh that's that's fair yeah absolutely it's it's just kind of the path i've forged to myself that i can able to have a document but that's but that's the issue like that's what i'm saying is that is it the path you forge or is it the path your parents forged for you and they didn't realize it and neither did you no no i don't think so that's totally this is totally on me uh and it's a journey i went on because capitalism was was bum reaping me and abusing me that way every day uh and i've been able to find a, a space within it i i picked this as my way of coping with work and getting money in so i, I believe that is totally on me i don't i don't think that's well, you know, you you picked you picked business. You picked to set up your own business. I, I I you know I agree with you that that's an act of choice. But what I guess what I'm talking about is like, I think that a lot of the way that you relate to that work is governed to an extent by your ability to love yourself and your ability to be comfortable with yourself. And I think that those are really fundamental, deep seated things that basically mainly come from our parents. Those, those, yeah, those early yeah. attachments are how we then relate to because i i mean i'm only saying it because i think i have very similar if not probably slightly worse relationship with that yeah i, th- I think the parental stuff is i suppose where you learn where the va- where, like, where your value comes from yeah what yeah or necessarily you don't have a realize of like your value but there's just like what is valuable in life that you think generally you know you don't again you don't really assign it to yourself like unknowingly or knowingly or whatever which way you look at it you just think okay like this is the way what is success isn't it i suppose is success Mm. money relationships balance um you know being competitive you know living off the land you know and, and i suppose it is that randomness effect and but, but I think it's a dangerous game in a way also to kind of, this is what going back to the, the argument I was having with myself about kind of looking for stuff. Yeah. You know, can, can you literally assign, like, oh, that's because that happened. You know, where, where is that free will coming from here? Or are we all just like a mess based on the environments we are, you know, when we are actually growing up? This is also a terrifying thing as a parent of young children. You know, and and thinking like, what is the result going to be? And are they going to have therapy like in fifteen years' time? But it was because your dad did this. It's, it's not, grand, you know, in, in fifteen years' time, society will have collapsed, and they'll be lucky if they're alive. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if they're lit, lit, it doesn't fucking matter what their self esteem is like when they're teenagers. If they're alive, you've succeeded. <laughs> succeeded, yeah. I, I know. But no, I mean, I think I think I've. I've been reading um gabor mate's uh scattered minds over the last couple of weeks i'm about halfway through and every day i read 10 pages and joe asked me to read it 
but I've been relating a lot of what I've been reading back to myself and my own upbringing and also what I know of her and her upbringing. And a lot of it comes back to the importance of how you're raised and how you're, I think it was, it. I can't fucking remember that. I think Carl Rogers called it um, unconditional positive regard. The idea that you are loved regardless of any external value system. You are you are loved regardless of how well you do at something or how badly you do at something. That is a constant. And I think for me, um, you know, it's very difficult to track back 20, you know, 30 plus years. But I think there must have been points where I felt that I wasn't enough, that, you know, I was loved, but it was conditional on X, Y, Z being done. And I think that that's kind of quite an uncomfortable realisation. And because my memory is fairly hazy, I can't necessarily pin it down to sort of specific. There's there's a few sort of specific times, but a lot of the time it's just a general feeling. And I think it's a very sensitive topic because, like, you know, your own anxiety about how you're raising your own children. And you think about this conversation in 20 years time and they're in their early to mid 20s and you think, you know, how am I going to react to sort of, well, I was just doing my best. I was, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, was, I tried really hard. I loved you. Um, this is the thing, it, isn't it? So yeah. it comes down to that original thing. Like, it's not the big stuff sometimes. It's just the person who might be trying their best and are doing things in the best way possible, but are actually having abusive traits. And I'm not necessarily blaming that person because they might then be the result of, obviously, the previous forefathers who were all just kind of this, like, remanufactured product with like you know he's the iphone the x i'm the iphone 11 or whatever um and i'm not but saying I, you know, I, 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 I want to make you... put it clear on record here i'm not saying i was abused by my parents or anything like that <laughs> i i, I want to go, just... go on record and say that my dad did bum rate me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm joking 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just kind of that idea of like you know, I, with with my work, for example, I, I I go I go to a lot of people's homes and I and I see kids in environments that are just you know holy shit. You're just That's like, well, right. yeah. It's just like, how is this kid going to turn out? And it's just, it's not, it, it's not that kid's fault, you know, mm, mm. Uh, to to a certain extent. Um, Ooh, to 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 a total extent. Well, yeah, this comes down to prison and stuff like that. Like, if you if you read about people around death row, a huge amount of them have been in foster care, you know, the care yeah. system, full stop, yeah, yeah. and I just like, and then we just kind of lock them up. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. and of course, well, they have well, done not, terrible not, things. Not they have done not, terrible things, but it's yeah. just, it's it, it's it's just kind of like, yeah, I I I don't know. I don't really know what I'm saying. Well, you you know you know your point of kind of wondering, oh, is this are we are we looking for something if you know if if you go looking for it are you going to find it i i sort of fundamentally disagree with that approach because i think it's far far bigger and more interesting to look at these generational links and these kind of patterns of behavior and the and these kind of psychological kind of hang-ups or issues or whatever fucking model you want to apply to it and how we relate you know from one generation's experience to another as as a global issue like this is every single person you know whether whether you know literally no one doesn't have a parent like you know even even if they're dead now or they they died before you were born like you have 
some kind of semblance of where you came from, even if that was the care system. Um, you know, there's, there's, I, I don't know of anyone who doesn't have an upbringing. So therefore, it, it's it's a fundamental and important part that influences how our lives turn out. You know, it's part of the mass corruption that we see in Westminster that you know so many of these people are given fantastic opportunities because of the virtue of their background. Um, there's, I, I saw a fantastic metaphor someone came up with on Twitter a while back where they compared this um, our, our society system to a fairground where basically everyone plays this fairground game. And if you're uh, middle class, you get a set number of goes and try really hard, you might get a prize. Try really, really hard and you might get one of the top prizes. Um, have a bit of a better background and you get a load of tries. If you're really, really rich, you can try as many times as you are as you want. You can fuck up all the time and you'll still get something amazing. And then you'll put it down to hard work, despite the fact that you tried all the times and fucked yeah, up all the time. Of course, times. yeah, yeah, yeah. But to, to that person, it looks like hard work, doesn't it? Like I never yes. gave up. I yeah, never exactly, gave up. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I persisted. I, you know, I took some massive losses. I, I had this a hundred thousand investment, and I lost it all. And I, <laughs> and I asked Dad, and I said, "Can I have another hundred thousand? And he said, "I believe in you." And he wouldn't have believed in me if I wasn't a hard worker. Um, and and then you look at like, and then the the end of the the thing on Twitter is the working class person, the person who's kind of on minimum wage. Well, they're working the fairground. They they're not. They're not there to have fun. They're literally running the fairground. Yeah, of course. Thanks. I knew you were going to say that before you started that. Yeah, they're the ones that are <laughs> taking the tickets. They, they haven't yeah. got a ticket. Yeah. But sure when it like... comes to a, when it comes to abuse and stuff, right? You're talking about like Westminster and stuff. I always think like we are now, so we are being abused as citizens because we live in this age of like post-truth where everything's alternative facts, yeah. and that in itself is emotional abuse you know when 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 you see something obviously you know because gaslighting which is obviously a term that's slightly overused but you know it can be used in this circumstance as well really but you know you are presented with the facts is it oh this is blue and then they say well you know if you look at it from this point it could be perp and then all of a sudden you you're just like this person who just doesn't know now yeah yeah what yeah. what what's true or what's not and if that was in a relationship that would be abuse yeah. but like we are subjected to that now on mass in our media and everything like that and i think like over the longer term now or in the short term medium term that's going to have a, like a huge effect on us mm. uh you, you know with, with everything and it's gonna it's normalizing like there's never a truth you know it's it's, it's how like you know have you read 1984 no. Oh, you oh, actually no. Hide all of the knives in your house and like identify <laughs> and rule out any ligature points and just generally like, I don't know, do something that you really, really right. Watch Everton win the FA Cup. Right. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's going to take some years. <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of level of happiness that you personally will need to be in order to read this book, because it is. Oh Jesus Christ! It's... <laughs> I haven't read it in years, and I've only read it once. But you, you know what it's about. Yeah, yeah, broadly. yeah, yeah. yeah broadly, it's yeah. just brutally just 
there is no let up. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is there is literally no let up and it's painful as fuck. And I think I feel the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I think that what I can see going on definitely in UK politics and I, you know, there's there's signs of it in other countries. There's a breaking down of democracy and the rule of law to the extent where I don't think we're that far off having fascism and and just having that as like an actual thing that happens. Like there is a party that stands for election and is elected on the grounds that they are openly fascists. Yeah. And and that, you know, because there's this disillusionment with facts and so on, that people, you know, if, if someone is going to give you certainty of like, you know, this is the binary image I'm going to give you. Of and course. if you accept this, ah. you know, everything will be okay. So that that then, yeah, I didn't recognize that. So basically, we are, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So we're we're going to be, or we're experiencing this now, where we don't. There's always there's two sides to the story, and of course, the BBC, they always do this because they have to be this neutrality, impartial, yeah, impartial. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have to have UKIP on the, or, or you know, reform UK yeah. or abolish the Welsh Assembly on the panel. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to have all this, all this kind of like, no, it's not this, it's not this, even though we can see with our eyes what it is. Somebody now is going to be given the airwaves to tell us that that doesn't actually exist. And what it's obviously going to do is we're going to start craving certainty, aren't we? And then these yeah. fascists are just yeah. going to kind of rise up and say, I will, I will provide you with a certainty. And it's going to be like, oh, yes, at last, this Thank is you. this. One, oh, there's, no. there's, there's a video doing the rounds on Twitter at the moment, um, quite a recent one, of a journalist um, who's joined um, Reform UK and it, since February. And they, they just had their spring rally. And they were basically, she, she gave a speech and there was a two minute clip going around online of, you know, excerpt of the speech. And a lot of it is kind of fairly standard fascist trope stuff. And you look over to the audience and the audience are made up, you know, vast majority are male, vast majority are older. Um, all so of them like are a, white. Uh, uh, like a ham sales cabinet, is it? Is the gammons yeah, everywhere? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but the issue is, is that, to my money, you know, a lot of the responses to this, a lot of the people commenting were like, you know, oh, well, it's fine because they're all going to be dead soon. They won't, you know, they won't be able to vote in May because they'll all be, you know, they'll be off to, you know, meet their maker. But it's like, I think that that massively misses the point because I think that there are, I, I, I don't think there's a groundswell of young people having this view, at least not that I know of, but this assumption that that craving for certainty is something that, old people are, are uniquely susceptible to i think that that craving for certainty that comes from this emotional abuse of government of politics generally is something that you know to a greater or lesser extent affects all generations because if you suffer from economic uncertainty and you suffer from poverty it's far 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 easier to punch down than it is to punch up yeah you know, who who are you like if if you're if you're working a minimum wage job 
and the media tells you that someone down the road is stealing your jobs or is you know is claiming benefits when they could be working or whatever and you've scraped every single pound you could you you know you can to get life going for yourself are you going to go after them or are you going to go after jeff bezos and amazon and paying whatever tax and fucking you know mm-hmm. refusing to treat their employer employees as as employees and screwing them over like how are you going to attack them like who is you know who is your bad guy is it the guy in the suit who you're never going to meet or is it the guy down the road that you can actually punch (laughs) of course yeah 100 the it's happening now with the unions because i was listening to the you know the royal mail dispute that is going on at the moment yeah and and the conversation that nobody is having is that they're all saying that they're obviously stripping workers rights and the, the, the boss of Royal Mail is is justifying that through the capitalistic system by saying we must be more competitive if we have to survive, all right? And so the way, obviously, they think that they could do that is just to fuck the little guy again in the bum yeah. and, you know, yeah. you take away your holidays, make yourself employed, you know, giving you no worker protections. When, of course, the result of this is the government allowing the gig economy i.e your yodels your every your hermes to create models that purely undercut royal mail yeah just yeah, yeah. by fucking over the you know by giving those people like no protections to be able to get them to post your little box for a quid cheaper which obviously yeah, yeah. you're always going to get because you're poor anyway because the system's fucked itself yeah. And so the, the thing I, I mean about this, about your argument and the like being told the lie all the time and like being pointed in the wrong direction, being abused is what I came yeah. back to in this episode, is like that the the issue we should be having here is like why are we allowing the Everys and the Yodels to employ people without these protections? Yeah, Not yeah, blaming yeah. the unions and saying that they're too powerful for trying to look after the people who are being those stripped apart. Yeah, and nobody's exactly. having that conversation. Like, and, ever. And, and, and like, like I mean, I, I can't remember whether it was in an episode or, or whether it was just a, a conversation we were having aside, but the major political parties are no longer having that conversation. It used to be the case that Labour would stand up and stand on the side of the unions and fight for you know, workers' rights. That was the whole point of the Labour Party. But now we have a Labour Party that wants to be bluer than blue and a yeah. blue party that wants to be as black as black. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and percentage is quite scary, really, isn't it? And you, you're forced to go for the blue Labour just because it's less bad than the black, yeah, well, really. Not, not fucking, not an Anglesey, you're not. You've actually got a, you know, you can a good option implied it's uh yeah it's making make it i mean this this that's the odd thing it's like one of the resounding messages that i do get i mean i'm kind of quite limited over here and i probably don't have as much my finger on the pulse as as you do mike over the border but i get the impression that fairly universally the response to a lot of this kind of rise of fascism and and lack of faith in experts and all the rest of it is mostly limited to England. It's not something that generally affects Wales as much. I mean, there still will be, you know, bits of it, but I get the impression your average Welsh voter is a little bit more, whether they vote for Labour or 
Clyde or Lib Dem or whatever, they're generally a bit more switched on because you can see like the conservative performance is not the same. Uh, you know, ab- ab- abolish the you know the Welsh the Senate's got no votes, didn't they? The last the last election, that's correct. Well, no yeah. votes, but no seats. No seats, yeah. No, no. That the, the, Wales has always been like that. It's always, and that's you know my argument for independence. It's, it's got a different political ideology, and it has done since the Welsh Assembly has been in there. Although yeah. we still need to accept the, the the policies and stuff. So yeah, there is a difference, but of course you know they it still exists in there and. It needs to be managed, you know, because the people are still open to propaganda. And if they continue to get all this abuse, which they're getting through the screens every single day, it will take an effect. So, yeah, I I just wonder to myself, like, like this is going to have like a proper impact on us, whereby. I I wonder with like. I, I know law has always been. About the gray areas, you know, you've got mm. the prosecutor and the defendant but like is this level of like mass emotional abuse that we're all getting going to find its way into kind of the courtroom and stuff this is my worry whereby it's going to become so, so normalized that there is kind of like a an alternative fact to a situation and you're saying the rule of law has been eroded really slowly is that actually going to stop kind of like you know or affect criminal proceedings eventually. This is all very Armageddon, but I I, I just wonder, do, do you reckon obviously with your you're doing laws at the moment, <laughs> is that is that a concern at all? Or is law what well, like sacrosanct that it's gonna be like, no, that will just kind of remain? I'm I'm not intelligent enough to give a comprehensive answer to this. <laughs> but I mean I'm no, sorry, it's a really unfair question to a fucking law. <laughs> no, student. no, no, no. No, I mean, it's, it's well, not, not intelligent enough, but not knowledgeable enough, because when I talk about the erosion of the rule of law and, and you know, these kind of big principles and the erosion of democracy and so on, it's, it's in really big and obvious bills. It's just that I tend to be more aware of these bills than I was prior to coming to university because I've subscribed to a handful of newsletters and I listen to a few podcasts that focus on these issues. Um, and I think in hopefully reasonably unbiased terms, you know, I'm not kind of picking from the far left to get my media. I'm like the, the two major podcasts that I legal podcasts that I listen to is Law in Action um, with Joshua Rosenberg and um, UK Law Weekly with Marcus Cleaver. And they're both very kind of fairly well balanced sort of middle of the road I think Joshua Rosenberg might even be sort of centre-right type perspective sometimes. I mean, he's certainly an establishment figure. But, you know, in terms of the the analysis that him and Marcus bring over, it's really well-balanced, very well-researched, very well-knowledgeable stuff. They're very, very, they're experts in their field. Um, I think what we're seeing is a sort of pre-1939 Germany type situation. Um, It's... The, the rule book law law has only ever been the rule book that the rich have used to play the game and you can see that in in how laws are worded and how laws are structured and there's still a problem now that if you go onto legislation.gov.uk now and you look up some random bit of legislation and you have a crack at reading it and you try and work out what it means chances are probably some of it you would understand off the bat there's probably a lot that you wouldn't and i can 
guaranteed that if you go down to you know a pub in Llangevny or a pub in Newcastle or whatever and you just get some you know you print out a few sheets of a bit of an act of something maybe even something that affects people and get them to read it and say oh well what does this say they're not gonna have a fucking foggiest okay. like law law and it's and, and i'm talking about modern law there i'm talking about legislation that's drafted in the like last 5 10 15 20 yeah, years yeah not like the 1878 act of yeah 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 exactly yeah. exactly you go back to like law that was written in the early 20th century or late um, 19th century and it and it is just proper like you know i mean it's not old english but it is really sort of you know harking back to a, a time when we spoke a little bit differently should we say but i mean for, for me the sort of big interesting bits are that for example the conversation around protest with the police police and order bill and that went through yeah. and you know what have we seen as a public reaction to that well i i'm not again claiming to be an expert or claiming to have my finger on the pulse of society but what i see in a lot of social media is people's reactions to public protest is the impact that they have on their everyday lives so they don't think about the value of protest in and of itself regardless of the issue they think of that person blocking that bit of traffic or yeah, yeah. that particular how it you affects know. me exactly exactly and and also delegitimizing the actual issue because say for example climate change there are still people this year that will take their summer holidays to turkey and will catch a plane there for 20 quid and that's you know and and they would be offended that anyone would suggest that they would do otherwise and and they will think well what you know that's my holiday that's that's a cheap way that i can do it why would i not do that you know are you saying that i can't do that you know i'm poor i can't afford to fucking you know take a yacht from liverpool harbour and just sail around wherever so i mean yacht probably isn't that yeah bad example but you know it's kind of i I guess what i'm saying is that i think the mass approach to these issues is to see them as the victor when you get the voter to be on your side while you're doing the bad things you've already won the battle so if, if you look at like the immigration debate well you know they're coming over here they're stealing our jobs they, they they don't respect our way of life. They rape our women. You know, they steal, they thieve, they claim benefits, they do all these bad things. Like, of course we have to have controls. You know, it's getting out of all proportion now. They're just, you know, boats just turning up on the shores. We, we cannot have that. And of course, you know, if you're poor, you're going to turn around and go, well, oh, you know, I don't want taking my job. I barely got this job. You know, I, I, I'm on a zero-hour contract. My life is very insecure. <laughs> yeah. So it's... it's and I, of course, I, the, the, that political ideology where that's come from is focused on the individual, isn't it? Like personal responsibility. So it's like when you're talking about those protesters, it's purposefully looking at, well, the, obviously what that protester is trying to do is get the collective, isn't it? Uh, to, yeah, to, to exactly, group together exactly. to make a difference so they're actually trying to chop that actually all in and you're right the protester is the same really as the immigrants isn't it it, it being treated the same in that respect whereby they are affecting your life negatively when one is just trying to get a better life and the other one is trying to probably make that person's planet or life or better in another way but it's yeah. just been made to, to say that they're just affecting you on that road for that one day for that, for that one hour 
Yeah, I mean, exactly, it's, uh, exactly. it's all very it's all, <laughs> it's all it's all focused around a lot of the issue with the the kind of the way that people are trying to frame the conversation is still predicated on the assumption that we need economic growth in order for, to make things sustainable. Of course. Like, we we always need to be earning more and economically we need, always need to be more and more productive because otherwise, you know, life will collapse. And the reality is, is we're on a hamster wheel and we need to get off it because if we don't get off it, the entire hamster cage will fall off the bedside table and crash to the ground and we'll all just be fucked. So it's like, you know, it, it's yeah. But I mean, I, th- I think it's just it's it's much further along. Like it's, I, I'm you know I'm I'm in a bit of a rabbit hole at, at the moment because I'm studying and I'm not you know I'm not connected up to things as much as I'd like to be. Um, although in some ways I am, but it just feels like there's a lot of big building blocks that are being pulled apart. Next election in a few weeks' time on May the fourth. Um, there is a requirement for everyone who votes in person to bring ID. Yeah. And that didn't used to be the case. Um, and they managed to pass the bill and they'd be rumbling about it for years and they actually managed it. And that's going to prevent a load of people from voting because your average student can barely get out of bed in the morning. So your average student. Oh, it's all tactical. Oh, gee, of course it is. Yeah, exactly. It's fucked. It's well, fucked. Bring, it, bring, bring it back a bit more personal then, and I don't want any details from you, only what you're comfortable to share, but do you have an example of when you maybe realised that, oh, what I actually experienced there was abuse and how you've come to terms well, with it if you have or managed it? I, I wouldn't frame anything that I've been through as abuse. Um, I would say not, that... Not even when that barber gave you that haircut. Oh. <laughs> I, I asked for that haircut. <laughs> There's right right now that was abuse. That was abuse. Sorry. I think I think that um it it's more that I've noticed patterns of in my own behaviour that the processing of that is helped by trying to understand or make sense of an origin story <laughs> listeners you should see his face he hates it when i say that word <laughs> that and moist um but no like or- origin story of like well you know just kind of the standard fairly standard emotional neglect type stuff but it is it's not sort of a one significant point where i was like oh this isn't normal and it also has to be sort of balanced with this isn't the sum total. Like there's there's a milieu milieu of like a menagerie, a <laughs> smorgasbord of of like different experiences. And because I'm old enough now that I like have fairly hazy memories of parts of my childhood that I'm like, well, okay, this makes sense if this was the case, but I find it difficult to go, oh, it was this. Um, I think it was just refrains of like always having a sense that if I felt I'd achieved something, if it wasn't actually the top, 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 and how could I have done better? Like that oh, question yeah. coming. Like perfection, almost like the seeking perfection. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember getting my GCSE results, and I remember getting my SATs results in year six and my A level results. And every time thinking like, "Oh, well, I fucked that up." Oh um, shit! Okay. And I didn't. I didn't fuck them up that badly. Like the lowest SAT result I got was was a three. And most of them were, f- I think I got a four in English and five. God, it's weird that I actually remember the numbers. That's fucked up. I got a five in science, I think, and a five in maths. Um, and then like GCCs, I got all Bs apart from a couple of A's. And in A-levels, I got all Cs. But all every step of the way, it was like, you know, just below. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like now coming to the end of, like, well, not coming to the end, but coming to the end of a significant chunk of my master's and looking at a kind of borderline first 2-1. You're getting all li- that back again. There's a little bit yeah. in the back of my mind going, but if you got a first, I'd love you. Uh, of course, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. It's mental, isn't it, how that has been portrayed as potentially, you know, just making sure this is best or whatever, you know, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, expectations. Yeah, that's really interesting. But you made your peace with it and you, and you don't, What's your emotion towards it? I still need therapy. Well, I've I've had I say that, but I've had I've had I have had my fair share. Like I've definitely had, you know, if it was a piece of chocolate cake, I've eaten most of it. But I th- I I think that I still have some stuff to unpack. But oh. but basically because my self care is addressing a lot of it like i've got a good structure to my life i've got a lot of good things about my life but i still feel there's like some quite deep-seated things and there's signs in my life now of different ways i behave where i think hey dan there might be a little bit more to unpack here you know you've got some stuff exactly yeah and this is the thing you're constantly on that journey aren't you like oh there's more stuff to unpack etc etc and just kind of like I'm worried about that. It's just going to get deeper the more older I get, but we'll see. I, I think, I think, no, I th- I'm, for me, like, I don't think there necessarily has to be an end point. If you had told me at 20 that I could no longer have any help and I would never be allowed any more help and I would have to cope with the coping skills that I developed up until that point, bearing in mind at that point that I'd had about a year and a half of treatment from cams so i developed a load of skills i'd had a load of really good stuff but i hadn't had the therapy that i've had since i'm 20 sure since so like i feel like i wouldn't have done as much with my life i wouldn't have i might still be alive but i definitely wouldn't have felt as happy as i have i wouldn't have a, a the variety of experiences i wouldn't be doing this for example probably so it's like I feel like therapy and things like it are just a way to level you up. And, it, you know, there is probably a point in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm cool. I don't need to dig any deeper. Yeah. But for me, it's it's very much about kind of thinking, OK, so life is good, but there's still some niggles. I've still got some stuff. So yeah. That, yeah. That's good. Digging. <laughs> that's freaking well. It's it's my uh, that, that could almost be as a uh, final thought, really, Dan. But it's my topic. You need to try and summarize this. This has been a bit of a bleak one. So I need something. That's my fault, of course. With the topic, it's not not going to be, be bleak, is it? So <laughs> try and spin <laughs> think, us up, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough one because I f- sort of feel like we've kind of 
not underplayed, but we've kind of avoided in some ways the the obvious um, notion of abuse. I think anyone who sort of switches on an episode about his abuse is expecting stories about, you know, child abuse and rape and all the other horrific things that abuse. Well, I think... I think that, we've, that, that we've that's the reason I wanted to. Yeah, which is what I wanted, I think. And it's not like it's poo-pooing the other the other stuff. It, it that's, that's obviously clear, disgusting, but also the obvious abuse. It is just, yeah. it was just having a conversation yeah, yeah, about yeah. that kind of like low level stuff that actually has a profound effect on all of us. But sorry to interject. No, no, not at all, not at all. I think like yeah, the, there is the low level, but then we've also gone really high level, and we've gone to more like you know abuse at a societal level and and the potential long term impacts of that. I think for me, you know, I t- hate to say sound trite, but a lot of it comes back to how much we love ourselves, and like you know, I I was talking earlier about how stressed I can get and how anxious I can get and how you know how unhappy I can be but just how kind of much pressure I can put under under on myself and your your immediate response to that was well you need to be kinder to yourself and I I think I sometimes some point I just need to record myself because I like I literally you and a handful of other people I have these kind of conversations with say exactly the same thing as like Dan you're being really hard on yourself (laughs) I never really think I'm being hard on myself so I think I think my response to this low level abuse is we need to be kinder to ourselves and when we're looking for these patterns of behavior and this repeated cycles whether it's you know a, a low level within families or whether it's at a larger kind of societal level our response should always be a sense of openness and a sense of compassion and a sense of love. Because, you know, if I look at kind of my relationship with my parents and my upbringing, it's not with a sense of accusation or a sense of trying to like understand and lay blame. It's more a sense of kind of healing and a sense of like just trying to unpick so that there's a journey there, so that there's a narrative, so that there's a story that I can understand that I'm a part of. Because it's never the case that, well, I believe it's very rarely the case that this abuse begins at one point. No one wakes up one day and hits their kid or tells them that they're worthless or tells them, well, why didn't you do that better? Or go go to your room, shut up. No one wakes up one day and votes Tory. There's, there's, a, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's shit that got you to that point. <laughs> So you were like, like it was such a poignant message there. I was like, get reaching for the tissues, and it's just like. <laughs> but it's it's true. It's true. I think I think you know, there's there's it's a mirror image of the same thing. It's like you know, because a lot of the fundamentals of like the, the stuff that makes us reach for the fear and anger are the same is the same stuff that makes us reach away, you know, push away from the love. And actually, fundamentally, what we need to do within our families and within our society is reach out to each other and love each other and, you know, with consent and don't hug me unless I've clearly allowed you to hug me. <laughs> but I would, I would just push back and challenge you slightly. I'm guessing you'd have to react differently to what we, what we are discussing on kind of like a media national level. Is that where more anger and like... You know, a, a la Francais. It's a weird one because it kind of catches me on different days. You know, I've I've been known to make jokes about get off 
Fox, our, uh, our friend of the 5th of November fame. Um, but it's it's one of those where I'm like, you know, is that the solution? I think ultimately when it comes to it, there is a time for love and there is a time for war. But I know which one I'd rather live. Like, I, I think when, when it comes for a time for war, you know you've lost. Because if you're having to fight and you're having to physically hurt people, what are you fighting for? Like, you know, it's it's gone too far then. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> well, thanks for a, another stimulating conversation. Stimulating is saddening. Thank you, Dan. Until next week, mate. Until next week. Take care. Bye!